Welcome to the Breezy Babies podcast where we talk about all things boobs, babies, and breastfeeding. This is episode 38, Lactation After Loss. I'm Bree, the IBCLC, and I made Breezy Babies with you in mind to help ease your transition into parenthood. Becoming a parent changes your life in every way imaginable. Bumps in the road are going to come up as you move into your new role, but my goal is to help smooth out those bumps and help you become the most confident parent you can be. With good education and support, I know you can meet your breastfeeding and parenting goals. Let's do this together. Hey there, friend. Welcome back to another week of the podcast episode. This topic for this week is a little heavy, a little sad, but you know what? We're still going to keep it light and feeling good. And I know that you are going to leave today learning something new that you didn't know before. Or if you didn't know about this, you're going to learn about it a little deeper. And you know, this may be something that you have gone through yourself. And if not, then I know that this is a topic that you can help your neighbor, your friend, your sister, someone in your life. Um, I'm sure we'll go through this at some point and you are going to be a great support to them. So while I hope that none of you have to go through something as hard as the death of a child, I know that it does happen. The families who do go through this need some serious support and love in their lives. Now, I myself, I've never had a miscarriage. I've never had a stillborn baby. I've also never had a child pass away, but my guest today has. In 2019, she had a stillbirth at 20 weeks, and she's going to share her experience with that. But first, I want to help you build the foundation so that when Tara does share, it really all comes together. Now, before I want to do that, I want to make sure that you know that today is the first day of my workshop Probably if you're listening to this on the day that the episode dropped, I am teaching right now on Latch 101. I hope you are there. In a couple days, I'm going to be teaching about more milk, how to have a rockin' milk supply from the very beginning. And then a week from today, I'm going to be teaching about baby massage. I love helping you feel confident before you even get into the delivery room because guess what? That is not the time to learn something new. <laughs> the time to learn is before your baby is even born. So hope you're there. Hope to see ya. Um, if that group is not for you, heads up in April, I'm going to try out something new and fun where for the month of April, I want to hold calls. I'm still kind of working through the details, but I'm thinking weekly live calls where you come, you can talk about whatever issue you're having with your baby, whether you're having issues breastfeeding your six-month-old who is distracted or you are having troubles bonding with your newborn baby 
who cries <laughs> and isn't giving you that social smile yet. Basically, um, coaching for moms who need help with their babies. I just want to create a safe space where you can come and ask questions because this is what I found. If you have a question, there absolutely 100% is another mama who has the exact same question that you do. Because honestly, I just answer the same questions over and over again. (laughs) So I know that you are not alone in your journey that you are going through. So keep an eye out for that. I'll be chatting about it more here on the podcast and also on my Instagram page at Breezy Babies. And of course, if you're in my email crew, you're always the first to know about anything that's coming down the pipe. Okay, so let's get back to our topic and go over the basics here. So today you're going to hear the terms miscarriage and stillbirth. And sometimes I forget myself exactly where the line is drawn between the two. So let's review. A miscarriage is the loss of a baby before the 20th week of pregnancy. Now, miscarriages are pretty common during the first trimester. In fact, about 80% of miscarriages happen in the first trimester, which, side note, is between 0 and 13 weeks. So in the medical world, we call this a spontaneous abortion, and it is the most common of pregnancy losses. As I was getting ready for this podcast, I read a study that said it's estimated that as many as 26% of all pregnancies end in miscarriage. 26%. Again, most of those happen in the first trimester. Why? Well, the most common cause of spontaneous pregnancy loss in the first trimester is chromosomal abnormalities. That basically just means that baby wasn't forming quite right. So the risk of miscarriage decreases after 12 weeks gestation. Thank goodness. Studies show things like cigarette smoking, large amounts of caffeine, trauma, malnutrition, Things like that can increase your chance of a miscarriage. So sometimes looking at your lifestyle choices can be helpful. But if you're really nervous um, about miscarrying, maybe you've had that happen in the past. You're probably already being really careful about all of these things. And sometimes they just happen for seemingly no reason at all. Another thing is advanced maternal age has also been linked to an increased risk of miscarriage. Get this, women over the age of 40 have a 74% risk of having a miscarriage. So again, sometimes these things just happen. No need to feel guilt or shame. As you can see, miscarriages are quite common. Many people like to wait until after the first trimester to announce their pregnancy, but I like to think of it like this. If you were to miscarry, would you want your family and friends to know, to rally around you and help fill your life with support and love? If the answer is yes, then you announce your pregnancy just as soon as you want. So now, stillbirth. So for this to qualify, for something to qualify as a stillbirth, 
The baby's birth weight needs to be 350 grams or more, or if you have already completed 20 weeks gestation, then that would be considered a stillbirth. So this stillbirth can happen from things like a disease process, such as mom having an infection. It can also happen from a lack of oxygen, such as problems with the placenta or things like growth restriction. It's usually discovered when mom doesn't feel baby moving anymore, which is why things like fetal kick counts are so important. Now, it's not something to stress out over every single day, keeping strict tally marks with every little movement that your baby does, but you start to learn when your baby moves, right? So for example, when you lay down to sleep at night, doesn't your baby always think it's party time? <laughs> Starts doing what feels like flips. Yeah, you start to notice the pattern, right? If you are ever concerned that you are not feeling movements, drink some juice, change positions, move around, play, pay close attention to any sort of movement. And listen, you can always call your healthcare provider to have a closer look. You also have the option to pop on over to labor and delivery, especially if you are close to your due date. They can hook up the monitors and make sure everything is looking great. Okay, so Tara is going to teach you that all moms start making breast milk around 16 weeks gestation. So for the context of this podcast episode, a mom could have a miscarriage between 16 and 20 weeks and still start producing breast milk. And for sure, a mom with a stillborn baby would have breast milk ready to go. So what do you do when your body is making breast milk for a baby that is no longer with us? That's hard. That's a hard path, path to walk. Tara has been down that path and she has some great tips. Tara is from Milk and Honey. I'll talk more about where you can find her, but I'm going to turn the time over to Tara and she's going to talk you through her top three tips for lactation after loss. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, my name is Tara Zopla. I am an IBCLC. Um, my husband and I live in Idaho and we have six children. So yes, we are very, very busy. Um, my children age ranges are one to 16. So, uh, yeah, very busy and we are actually a homeschooling family. So, um, yeah, that's what we do. And in regards to my professional life, um, because I'm so busy right now in this season of my life, um, my primary way of working in lactation is I have a YouTube channel. So on there, I talk about all sorts of different, you know, lactation topics and, um, it's pretty fun and it's called milk and honey IBCLC. So that's, that's what I do. Um, and I know that, you know, each stage of life is going to bring a different phase. And so I look forward to the day when I actually work more one-on-one -on -one with, with moms and I'd love to work in a hospital at some point, but, um, so that's where things are at. But, um, yeah, so today's topic is, uh, lactation after loss. And I had particular interest in this topic after, um, in 2019, I went through a stillbirth with my son Benedict at 20 weeks gestation. 
So um, after this happened and I dealt with my own grief and also um, the lactation process afterwards, I thought, you know, I have the clinical knowledge and now I have the real life knowledge. So I wanted to be able to help other moms go through this. So I, I made a brochure and I'm trying to get those distributed in hospitals. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of what my, my passion is. So when a loss happens, you know, it could be to SIDS, to stillbirth, fetal demise, um, NICU loss, you know, things like that. And oftentimes, you know, it just takes everyone by surprise. So, you know, in the, in the, in the depths of their grief, they are really caught off guard by the fact that they're going to have to deal with the milk that's still left behind after the baby's gone. And one of the things that I found really surprising in my studies was that our bodies start actually making milk at around 16 weeks of pregnancy. So that's like super early. I mean, that's just so surprising. So if you're dealing with like a late miscarriage, you know, um, or anything after that, most likely you are going to be having this lactation situation going on, on top of everything else. So many people are just really surprised to know that. Um, and after the loss happens, um, you know, many moms have said that this is like one of the most painful parts of a loss because it's this really difficult situation where you have milk, but you have no baby to feed it to. And so some people say that this is one of the most difficult aspects of the grief process. And some people have also called it white tears. And I thought that was just very beautiful. Um, so some moms decide to pump and donate the milk to a milk bank um, to help other at-risk babies or whatnot. Um, and other, most moms, I would say, decide to end the lactation process. Um, so... I'm just going to, you know, kind of list, list off some general tips um, as to ending lactation. Of course, with the caveat that, you know, it's really important to stay in contact with your healthcare provider during this time. You know, make sure you're staying in contact with your, your OBGYN, your, your midwife um, while this is all going on. But um, these are some general pieces of information. Um, that can help end lactation. So the first thing is the concept of pumping to comfort. So basically, if your milk is coming in and or if you already have an established milk supply, say the baby is older and has already been breastfeeding for a while, you're wanting to pump to comfort, meaning you're, you're avoiding engorgement but you don't want to pump too much because then that's going to tell your body to make more milk. So pumping to comfort, um, another idea is using cold compresses. So chilled cabbage leaves in, inside the bra or, um, you know, cool compresses against the breast, um, you know, maybe 20 minutes at a time or to tolerance. And that's just going to kind of help the process along 
Another thing that can help is by wearing a firm but supportive sports bra. Um, and that's just kind of bringing things in and keeping that support there. Um, back in the olden days, there was this whole concept of binding the breasts and, um, you know, to stop the lactation, but we've actually found that that's, that's more problematic. It can cause, you know, plug ducts and stuff. So be, you know, don't be binding, but, but having a supportive sports bra, even while you're sleeping can kind of help the process along. Another thing that you can consider is, um, you know, talking to your healthcare provider about, um, some anti-inflammatory medications such as ibuprofen, um, to kind of help while the breasts are, you know, kind of regulating this and lowering the milk supply in a sense. Um, there are certain herbs out there that have been known to kind of lower lactation, such as um, peppermint and sage in like strong concentrations. And so these are just some things that you, I mean, when I went through it, I kind of did it all at once. I was doing a lot of these things together and um, sometimes you can feel like this heaviness in the breasts and, you know, you're just wanting to watch out for any signs of plug ducts or mastitis, like inflammation, pain, those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, just be on the lookout for that. If those, if those sorts of things happen, you know, contact your healthcare provider. But generally, you know, you would expect kind of this slow, kind of slow and steady um lack of fullness in the breast as time goes on and it really kind of depends on the mom how long that whole process takes but um these are just kind of some general tips to kind of help the process along so definitely though pumping to comfort making sure you're not getting totally engorged um but just to comfort and um so The other thing is that you want to be really practicing self-care during this time because, you know, you're just, you're going through so much and it's really important to stay in contact with like friends and family and just kind of stay in contact with those that love you and want to support you during this time. Um, Another thing idea, I guess, that I wish I had done was to consider saving a little bit of the milk to make into a breast milk keepsake. So, you know, the breast milk jewelry out there or, you know, those sorts of things. Um, I didn't do that with Benedict's milk and I wish I had. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, just, just as a closing note, I wanted to, um, mention there is a a website called nationalshare.org and that is a really amazing website that you know you can just talk to other parents that have been through loss because um, that's part of the grief process so yeah and you know in summary I just I think that this is just something that is kind of not really talked about. And I think it's important for, 
for moms to know that this, this happens, that there's been many other people before you that have gone through this. And, you know, I just, if anyone listening has gone through this, you know, my heart is with you. And even for people that have not gone through this, I think it's just an important topic that people don't generally talk about. So, um, in closing, I would also, um, like to read off this quote that I have in the brochure. Um, it is by Washington Irving and it says, there is a sacredness in tears. They're not the mark of weakness, but of power. They speak more eloquently than 10,000 tongues. They are the messengers of overwhelming grief, of deep contrition, and of unspeakable love. So when the breast milk after loss is called white tears, you know, I just, it's such a beautiful thing, you know, and it's, we need beauty during grief. We need that, um, to be around beautiful things and beautiful quotes and amazing people. So, well, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It's, it's an honor and, you know, I just want to get this message out to try and, um, give this support to moms because unfortunately, um, there's been quite a few moms who've gone through this and they don't have the the proper tools and, and knowledge and, and support. So yes, thank you so much. And, um, if you're interested, um, in following me, my Instagram handle is milk and honey, IBCLC. And that is also my name of my YouTube channel, milk and honey, IBCLC. So thank you so much, and I appreciate your time. There you have it. Isn't she so great? Again, I know that this is a little bit more of a heavy topic than we normally talk about, but I love how she went through a hard time, a hard situation, and now she's turning around and helping other families, other moms and dads going through this and helping to smooth out that really tough road that they may have been be having to walk down. So I really appreciate her sharing her thoughts and tips on lactation after loss. I'm going to link where you can find Tara in the show notes. Of course, she has an Instagram and a YouTube channel. All of that will be in the show notes. If you want to go check her out and show her some love Also, could you do me a favor and send this podcast to a mom who could use it? Do you have someone in your life who has had a miscarriage recently or has had a stillborn baby? I know that this can be helpful and impactful in her life. Listen, you are strong. You are smart. You are beautiful. You are a good friend to all. Have a great day.